Hello, my friends. This is Paul Drockton, and this is the Smartest Man in the World radio program. Why? Because if we don't know the answer, we'll find it for you. And of course, if there's something you want us to discuss in this radio program, feel free. Just uh, leave us a message, and we will uh, do the research and uh, do the show. Okay, so we're talking now about the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 13, and we're talking about the beasts. That's plural, beasts. There's two of them. Now, in the Bible, if you go back and look at the Old Testament, you'll see that Daniel already gave us the interpretation of what a beast in the book of Revelation is about. And in the book of Revelation, there's two types of beasts. There's a beast that uh, exists in the eternities, animals, which are filled with intelligence. And we have the beasts that are basically global government. And let me just share this with you, and it'll make more sense. I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his ten horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. So what he basically sees is he sees a conglomeration of multiple nations, literally many, many nations getting together and creating this great beast of global government. And, of course, the purpose of the beast is to defy God. In other words, the rebellion continues. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And if you read through that, the leopard, I believe, symbolizes the European Union, Belgium, at its head, right? Uh, The bear, of course, symbolizes Russia. And the mouth is England. And the dragon gave him his power, meaning these individuals that uh, run this global monstrosity derive their power from Satan directly. And then it goes on and says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. Who's the dragon? Satan. And they worshiped Satan, which gave power unto the beast, which gave power to the global government. And they worshiped the beast, the global government, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? So basically, it talks about one of his heads, one of the kingdoms, one of the rulers, right? Was wounded unto death, and his deadly wound was healed. Of course, that's talking about the collapse of Russia. Uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union, and then how that uh, basically was restored, uh, the Soviet Union was restored, and what we see now with Russia. So the long story short is the world wandered after the beast. Who's the world? Well, it's anybody that loves the things of this world and, and doesn't love God or their fellow men or Jesus Christ, who does not love their neighbor as themselves. Now, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So we've already been through 
this first beast. So what I want to do right now is I want to explain the history of how this global monstrosity uh, came together. So let's go all the way back to the American Revolution. Let's talk first about how the uh, United States gained its independence from Great Britain. It, it wasn't that we had won a military uh, battle. It was simply, it was a negotiation. And that negotiation was done with uh, Benjamin Franklin and also with Alexander Hamilton. And the bottom line is, is these individuals negotiated through the Bank of New York, which really was the Bank of England. And in the peace accord, uh, the Bank of New York was given uh, 40% ownership in the new United States National Bank. So instead of having British soldiers taxing people here, collecting taxes, they just changed the system to where we pay tribute through interest on debt borrowed by the United States of America. So that arrangement lasted until 1812 when, out, when uh, we saw uh, James Madison was elected as president. And James Madison, in my opinion, was the greatest of all of our founding fathers simply because he was the author of the Bill of Rights. And without the Bill of Rights, the Constitution is meaningless. It really is meaningless because the Bill of Rights puts the interests of the individual above the interests of the state. So James Madison told the British to go pound salt. The British, of course, <laughs> responded with the war, the War of 1812. James Madison was forced to flee the White House. The British burned it down. It was a debacle, proving that the British... Uh, originally had the power to destroy the revolutionaries, but through the negotiated peace and 40% ownership in the National Bank, uh, everybody they got what they want, we got what we want, and things continued. Now, with the, the uh, second National Bank, instead of 40% ownership, we gave 60% ownership to the Bank of New York, which, as I said, represents the Bank of England. Now, the only bright side of the War of 1812 was Andrew Jackson, who became president. And when Andrew Jackson became president, 1820s, he basically dismantled the second national bank, told him to go pound salt. Now, he wasn't an economist. He was a brilliant general. And what ended up happening is state banks, local banks, anybody that wanted to charter a bank they were able to get that charter from the Bank of New York. And what they uh, then did is they then leveraged that with uh, whatever assets they had. So I'm not going to get into explaining banking to you, but I will tell you this, that uh, after the Bank of New York had extended credit to all of these thousands of institutions, they called back the debt in gold. In other words, they told them you have to pay us back in gold. Now, <laughs> this, of course, destroyed the economy, created a panic, and uh, things were kind of uh, back to, how do I say this, abnormal, all the way up until Abraham Lincoln. Now, when Abraham Lincoln got uh, elected, the central banks, the Bank of New York, uh, which, of course, as I said, was really the Bank of uh, England, went to... Uh, Abraham Lincoln, and they said to him that they would finance the war 
with their debt. They would let the United States of America borrow money. Lincoln looked at him and laughed. He said, I don't need you guys. We can go ahead and we'll issue our own debt through the Treasury, and we won't have to pay interest on it to you guys. He also told them uh, that uh, leave and don't come back. Again, one of the greatest presidents. Now, Lincoln also issued the first, uh, I would say, the first uh, significant period of prosperity in the United States when he also issued the uh, greenback, which was printed by the Treasury and was not owned by a private organization, which means there was no interest attached to it. And that led to uh, literally a second industrial revolution. It led to the, the railways uh, crossing the land. It was, I mean, this, the, the country went through a period of prosperity like it had never seen. Following the Civil War, um, well, let me just uh, lay one other thing out there. Now, during the Civil War, the, the uh, central banks, of course, which controlled the governments of England and France, uh, decided that they were going to ally themselves with the Confederacy and they would use that to conquer Lincoln and the North. Their plans were uh, halted by uh, the Tsar of Russia, who sent the Russian fleet to park off the coast of New England, and that was enough of a threat to stop uh, Great Britain and France from assisting the South. Now, following uh, the Civil War, uh, of course, Lincoln was assassinated, First thing Johnson did was he went ahead and he uh, yoked himself once again to the central banks of England, France, through the Bank of New York, and of course uh, yoked the United States to great debt. The next controversy came with uh, uh, the uh, assassination of McKinley, who wanted to uh, take us uh, take us uh, and put us on. Uh, some kind of a standard, gold standard, silver standard. He was assassinated. And uh, long story short, is uh, then came Woodrow Wilson. Now, Woodrow Wilson was the uh, founder of the Federal Reserve Bank. He had been put into office by the banksters of uh, New York, the Bank of New York. He, they had made him governor, and then they had made him president. Now, in return, McKinley gave them... I'm sorry, not McKinley. Woodrow Wilson gave them uh, the charter for the Federal Reserve Bank. Now, the Federal Reserve Bank is neither federal nor are there any reserves. It simply is a private organization that charges us to use their currency and, of course, interest on any money we borrow from them. So what it did, what they did basically is they just destroyed the independence of the American uh, uh, Treasury. And again, put us in a position where they were able to milk us and use the resources to build their global empire, also known as the first beast. Now, if you look at the history of the uh, 20, uh, 21st century, right, what you'll see is that, uh, I'm sorry, of the uh, 20th century, what you'll see is, is that it was uh, basically one of conquest and one of tribute, because we would go to war, we would destroy all these empires and all these kingdoms, and then the central banks would come in and establish their tribute, which doesn't benefit the United States. We, all we have been is we have just simply been their, uh, their debt collectors. 
So we've done that through World War I. We did it through World War II. Uh, of course, the Russian Revolution was nothing more uh, than uh, a central bank takeover of uh, Russia from the Tsars. And of course, there was the installation of the central banks, uh, put Russia under tribute. And the same thing happened with Communist China following World War II. So for the most part, this first beast uh, was able to conquer the world uh, through uh, the United States of America and our, and our troops and our technology. So we've come to the point now where that first beast, for the most part, is almost dead. We're going through the death throes right now. And we're starting to see the formation of the second beast in the book of Revelation, which I'll talk about in our next program. This is Paul Drockton. Thank you for being with us today. God bless. Have a great day.